You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Philippines win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Father's Day is one of the best sports days of the year. There's no doubt about that. Now, Bob Hyland, Robert Hyland, who ran this station for many, many years, would have bristled had I mentioned. I didn't work for Mr. Hyland, but I grew up in St. Louis, and I knew very well his power here at the radio station. He would bristle if I mentioned anything about what was on TV. Right? I mean, it's X or nothing, baby. I mean, whatever's on X, you like, do not turn the dial. We have two Cardinals games today. That's it. But I would say this, just as a mild suggestion, always have the game on. It's a great background to your summer. It's awesome when you're grilling uh, on the patio today. Weather's pretty good, right? I mean, it's going to be hot, but it's it's summer, man. It's Today's, uh, it feels like we've had summer for like two months, but it is summer. It's already 86 today. We're going to get up to 95. But have the game on in the background. It's awesome. And then while you're doing that, maybe keep an eye on a few things. So let me, before we get to Frank Viverito to talk about the huge event that's coming to St. Louis, the uh, U.S. Olympic trials in gymnastics, here are a few things going on today. And if I leave anything out, well, you can check your local listings. So you have IndyCar going on in about, 23 minutes on NBC Sports Network, followed by NASCAR. That's pretty good. I know of another place in St. Louis where you can get IndyCar and NASCAR, and it's Worldwide Technology Raceway. That's coming in August, August 20th and 21st. But anyway, that's great for the racing fans. And there's other stuff too, but I'm just focusing on that right now, IndyCar and NASCAR for race fans. For baseball, if you like college baseball, the College World Series, is getting underway. Uh, that one's on ESPN too. There, that'll be going all day today. It's always SEC teams, right? SEC, the big time. That's that's big time down there. Uh, you have NBA playoffs today. I mean, really? I mean, you have like Father's Day is very underrated when it comes to sports. It just has it all. We talk about October being great, March Madness being great. I would say Father's Day rivals, it could be one of the best sports days of the year. You have the NBA playoffs going on, Clippers at Suns at 2.30, Hawks at Sixers, a game seven at 7.10. You have the U.S. Open, which is actually happening right now on NBC, 
on KSDK here locally, but on NBC. It'll be going on all day long, and it's nice to have a little prime time major championship golf when you're on the West Coast, and that's what's going on. Torrey Pines in San Diego, the site of the U.S. Open. There's a three-way tie for the lead. Dan Reardon's going to join us here at 1145 to talk about that. Oh, yes, you have the NHL playoffs, too. The Stanley Cup playoffs, the Golden Knights, and the Montreal Canadiens tonight at 7 o'clock. In addition to your Cardinals doubleheader, you also have Olympics going on. So the U.S. swimming trials are tonight on Channel 5 locally, KSDK and NBC. You have the track and field trials going on. I mean, you have soccer happening as well all across the board. So there's just a lot happening right now, and it's exciting. And, of course, we want you to have the Cardinals game on all day long because John Rooney and Ricky Horton will have the call. Jim Jackson is working the controls. Two games for you, a pair of seven-inning games, doubleheader, Adam Wainwright at 110, KK at 608. If you did not hear Cardinals manager Mike Schilt, I thought he was very good last hour. I thought he was pretty open, transparent, and I think he's trying to uh, stop this perception that the team is just sort of coasting or that he is actually applauding the team for great effort. I thought he was very honest to the fact that he's not pleased with the fact that the team's not winning and losing, um, but he also recognizes that it's a long season. John Mosellock's job is to try to improve this team externally if he can or make some adjustments internally. And we will talk to him about that at 1130. In the meantime, we're going to talk things over with the president of the St. Louis Sports Commission, and that's Frank Viverito. That'll be at 1115, Mo at 1130, Dan Reardon on the U.S. Open at 1145. Then Joe Pott takes over at 1215 with Cardinals pregame and a 110 first pitch for Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals going up against the Atlanta Braves. They are down there on the road. We'll take a break, come back with Frank Viverito, sports on a Sunday morning right after this. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. You know, I should mention that you can go back and listen to Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager, on the Odyssey app. We had a nice little fancy little feature there called the Rewind, where you can actually go back and listen to radio that has already happened. It's like a DVR for radio. Just go use the Rewind feature on the Odyssey app, and you can listen to last hour. We have, in case you did not hear, another baseball game today. So there are actually two games. Another one has been added. We had yesterday rained out. We have a doubleheader. 110 is the first game, so we're less than an hour from pregame right now at 1116. We're joined by the president of the St. Louis Sports Commission, Frank Viverito, who you can hear on the Odyssey app. You can also hear on 1120 AM and on 98.7 FM. Have you listened to us on FM yet, Frank? No, I have not, but you're starting to confuse me, Tom. I know there's a lot. There's It's a lot out there. <laughs> the Odyssey app, the this, the that. 1120 AM is the old standby. But I'm telling you, KMOX sounds good on 98.7 FM. Just saying. Well, you sound good on anything. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. for Happy Father's Day. How are you? And I'm doing great, and happy Father's Day to you, too. How are things? How's the family? 
Well, the, the family is good, and, and uh, you know, we have one son um, who lives in Baton Rouge and the other son who lives in Brooklyn, and by coincidence, they're uh, both in New York City today, and uh, we're getting ready for a family call later this afternoon, so I'm pretty pumped. That's outstanding. And St. Louis is ready for a big event, and we are going to talk about it. The Dome and America's Center, the U.S. Olympic team trials. That's right. The Olymp- So we're seeing the track and field trials going on right now. We're seeing t- swimming trials going on right now on TV. Now it's time for the gymnastics trials to happen. I would say, and you probably have the numbers to back this up, that is the most popular event at the Olympics for the United States. Would you say that? I believe it is, and, uh, you know, we've had great success in, in both men's and women's gymnastics, and to have that kind of a high-profile event in St. Louis is an honor, and I can't wait till next weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. So you are lining it up for a Thursday through Sunday And by the way, these uh, events can be seen on NBC. So NBC and NBC Sports Network will have all of that. And that's probably a good point to make, is it's another opportunity to show off St. Louis a little bit and to show what we're capable of as we come out of this pandemic. uh, We need to reestablish ourselves, I think, as a great sports city in case people forgot. Exactly. And, and like this event hits so many important targets right now. So it, it establishes, reestablishes St. Louis as a home of big events. Uh, it'll be the biggest sporting event, you know, since the pandemic began, I, I believe, in the state when, when you add up all the fans that will come for four nights at the uh, uh, at the Dome. Uh, it'll be great for downtown. We have other national championships earlier in the week and a national congress. And, and most of all, you know, what a thrill to watch Simone Biles, the greatest gymnast of, of all time, and, and uh, uh, you know, right in our town. And tickets are available. And, and my gosh, you know, why would anybody not come to see this? The first Olympics held in the United States were held in what city? St. Louis. (laughs) America's first Olympic city, St. Louis, Missouri. That's right. And I feel like you've really hammered that home. 1904, (laughs) of course, for those who don't know. But I think it's an important thing to note that that does help when you're trying to land Olympic events that you need to sell us as an Olympic city. It's enormous. And, uh, you know, my favorite story around that is we did a reception during the site visit during the bid process for these gymnastics trials. And and Jackie Joyner Kersey was with us. And and I'm not the smartest guy in town, but but I'm smart enough to know that that when you have an opportunity to give JJK the last word, you you give it to her. And and she stood up and and spoke to the folks from the U.S. Olympic Paralympic Committee and, and USA Gymnastics. And she said, I love being an Olympian, and it's one of the greatest honors in sports. But an even greater moment in an athlete's life is not being an Olympian, but becoming an Olympian. And when you become an Olympian, that happens at the Olympic trials. And and that's what St. Louis fans will see. And Jackie said, and that's why this event belongs in St. Louis, because we understand that. And we will take care of the event and the athletes 
and there will be great joy when those teams are announced, and and that's what we're going to see Saturday night. The men's team announced after their final competition, and then well, Saturday afternoon, I should say, and then Sunday evening after the women's competition. Connection to our you know 1904 Olympic legacy, as you mentioned, and you know a celebration of the sport in town. Jackie Joyner Kersey, one of the greatest athletes in the history of our country and from right here in St. Louis, which is something to very much be proud of. Let's make no mistake about it. The number one attraction in this Olympic trials is Simone Biles. And if you were to line up the greatest to ever do it, I think she'd be at or near the top of the list, probably at. I mean, uh, quite honestly, you have a chance to see the greatest gymnast ever. Exactly, and 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 the the uh, the the, uh, uh, her, the moves that she can perform on the uh, uh, apparatuses that that she is best at have never been done by anyone. So it's a very it's very safe to say that she's the greatest of, of all time. And you know, it's just not that often that that any city or any fan you know gets a chance to see that. This may be her last time to compete in front of fans because I don't believe that, that there will be fans uh, in at, at the competitions at the Olympic Games in, in Tokyo. And, and so, you know, what an incredible opportunity um, th- this is for us. And, and it's a great event. We, we've had uh, the national championships or the Olympic trials uh, for gymnastics here in St. Louis in 2000, 2012, and 2016. And, uh, you know, to have landed the big one and to have it sort of be a moment to help our community emerge from COVID is is a really big deal. The timing is good, isn't it? Uh, with uh, the world starting to open back up and an opportunity to put people in seats. Now, I understand you could have, what, about 20,000 inside the right. dome for each session? Is that right? Exactly. And that's the reason that, that the event was moved from Enterprise Center to the uh, to the dome at America Center uh, in in order to take care of everyone who had purchased tickets uh, for the event that was scheduled for last year and to be able to put tickets on sale for anyone else who wants to attend the event this year so so right at this moment you can buy all session tickets or individual session tickets for you know any day Thursday Friday, Saturday, Sunday, men Thursday and Saturday, women Friday and Sunday. And, you know, to, to have, you know, good seats available a, a week out from this event, again, a, a big deal. And, and I would certainly encourage people, even if you're not, uh, you know, the biggest gymnastic fan in, in, in town, this is an Olympic year and this is an Olympic event. So the road to Tokyo goes through St. Louis and uh, the U.S. Olympic gymnastics trials for the men and the women are at the Dome at America's Center. So it's happening this week. It's going to be Thursday through Sunday, the 24th to the 27th. Best gymnast in the country. We mentioned Simone Biles, but there are so many others. You can go to St. Louis. You set up a nice little website here. I like this. St. Louis 2021.com is very easy to remember. St. Louis 2021.com. And you mentioned there are different levels, but if you want to just do single session, you can do that, right, Frank? Exactly, for any day. That's good. Uh, it's a chance to witness history. 
I don't think there's any doubt about that. A chance to bring the kids, uh, bring the cameras, and take a look at something that, you know, you may never see again. I don't know. I mean, you may, you may never see Simone Biles in person. Uh, this, you're not going to see Simone competing again. You, you may see the Simone Biles <laughs> victory tour, um, <laughs> but, but you're not going to see Simone Biles competing uh, for the Olympic Games again. And before we go, tell me kind of about behind the scenes the the army of volunteers and people that have been put together to make this thing work because St. Louis wants to look good. I mean, you, not only oh. is the U.S. Olympic Committee involved, but St. Louis is very much involved. Totally, and and our volunteers are the most dedicated uh, in sports. But this is a complicated event with with moving parts. Myself, I, I literally just got back from celebrating Father's Day by having a COVID test, which I need to have in order to pick up my credential. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the tears and the volunteers and, and, the, and the tests, you know, to keep everybody safe. And, and, and so it takes a, a complicated event to begin with and makes it even a little bit more complex. But I'm so proud of, of our event team at the Sports Commission. Uh, I'm so proud of our partners, you know, at the facilities and and uh, um, and, and our and our volunteers and our fans and our business community. I mean, this is a time that we're rallying together. It brings to mind big events in, in St. Louis, like the PGA Championship. We always rise to the occasion, and, and that is a hallmark of St. Louis sports. So, for the first time. The men's and women's U.S. Olympic team gymnastics trials are held in the Midwest right here in St. Louis. This is something that was usually a coast uh, coastal thing, yep. uh, East Coast, West Coast thing. Not now. So St. Louis is absolutely in the spotlight for this one, big time. And it'll be very exciting at stlouis2021.com to see how many tickets you can sell. I hope this interview on 98.7 FM... <laughs> and 11.20 a.m. and on the Odyssey app serves that purpose for you. But also, really, my job is just to get the information out there and let people know that this big event is happening right here, Frank. Exactly. And I promise to listen to KMOX at, <laughs> at 98.7 if I can remember it long enough until I get back in the car. So, that, that's... Uh, we appreciate the you know the 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 opportunity to pass along the information i can tell you it's going to be great fun and uh you know just another milestone in the wonderful sports history of our region frank we appreciate it very much thanks for the time and have a good week good luck to you good deal tom thanks so much and happy father's day again Happy Father's Day to you, President of the St. Louis Sports Commission, Frank Viverito, with us on Sports on a Sunday Morning. The President of Baseball Operations for the St. Louis Cardinals, John Mosellock, joins us live next. It's 1128. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday Morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Cardinal baseball, a doubleheader today. 1-10 is the first pitch. Cards and Braves after the game was rained out last night. Second game set for 6:08 tonight from Atlanta. Dan Reardon's going to be with us in just a bit to talk about the U.S. Open. That'll happen at 11.45. Right now we're joined by Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock. John, good morning. Happy Father's Day. I wanted to say that first. How are you? 
I'm well, and happy Father's Day to you. Let's talk about, uh, be, before we get into your club, let's talk about being a dad for a minute. Uh, what a job that is, and I know that um, this last year, year and a half, has been challenging on a lot of fronts, but keeping that family safe and happy is part of our job also. But there, there are some great rewards, aren't there, for being a dad. What a, what a job it is. Yeah, it's fun, and actually my son's waiting for me to go play catch with him, so um, <laughs> that's that's the fun part about being a father, for sure, and uh, lucky I've been blessed with two great kids, and um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It is that. Uh, how are how are things uh, uh, in terms of, you know, family and, and, and playing catch with that young man? I, I know that uh, it's, it, it's amazing how fast it goes by, too. I was told that when we had our girls, but I, <laughs> I've uh, learned how to soak things in it, it, stage to stage. You know, life just has that ebb and flow of, of how things move along. But yeah, I think we all look back when our children were infants and, you know, now I have one that's a college graduate. So it's, um, it does move quickly. Uh, but along the way, there's great memories and, uh, you know, been very lucky and blessed. And so, feel happy that um was able to have a great wife and, and two great kids so yeah it's uh, always special to reflect on that and a day like today you do that probably a little bit more than normal but um still something that uh, uh you know feel grateful about i'm absolutely grateful and i know that you are and i'm not going to keep you too long from that catch because i know that's a special moment that you'll soak in as well uh, I had Mike Schild on last hour, really loved talking to him about a lot of different things, and I thought he was really good. I thought he was, as always, honest and candid. And one of the things we talked about, I brought it up, is I feel like there's this perception that uh, the Cardinals are at 500, are, you know, that, that what I said on Twitter, and I know he's not a big Twitter guy, and I'm not sure how much you are, but... I said there there can't be a single person who's accepting where the Cardinals are right now. Like because and there is a perception out there that because there's not a lot of movement going on that the Cardinals are just sort of there at 500. I mean behind the scenes he's telling us there is work going on in that clubhouse. That team is prepping, that team is at times pressing. There's a lot happening that people don't always uh see. And I think that's a point that we were trying to make last hour, John. Well, obviously, um, none of us are are happy where we stand right now. But reality is, is we are where we are. And in terms of of trying to improve and and trying to change our trajectory, you know, obviously, uh, everybody's working towards that, whether it's what's happening in the minor leagues, whether it's what's happening happening in the major league clubhouse or in the front office. Um, It's. It, we understand what it's what it takes to be good, and and you know right now we're not playing that way, and um, so you know certainly at some point you've got to see some things change, maybe do things a little differently. Um, understand that that at times you have to be creative and, and innovative, and you know obviously I think like the public wants to just know if we're going to get help, but sometimes help has to come from within. Sometimes help has to come from what you have. And so, you know, we're, we're racking our brains. We're trying to figure out how to, how to get through this, but you know, there's no, there's no denying that the last three weeks have been difficult. I think back to, to when we started that road trip, uh, when we were playing the White Sox and, 
you know, when you have something that happens when you lose a Harrison Bader and then you book in that road trip where you have uh, KK have to come out of a start early, you lose Jack Flaherty, and then, of course, Gant and, and Carlos had short starts. I mean, you just put an enormous amount of stress on, on your team and you sort of see what, what has transpired from that point on. And it's been, it's been tough. And, you know, I think you're seeing a lot of people press. I think you're trying to see people sometimes hit that five run Homer, which we all know doesn't exist. And, you know, reality, it's easier said than done, but sometimes it's just take a deep breath and, and trust what you're capable of doing because baseball is a unique game. Yes, it's a team game, but it's, it's also what you're doing. And, you know, simply put, if people do their jobs, we have a chance to get back to, to where we are, are winning games and um, smiling again. Because, you know, I think right now we're all a bit frustrated and we'd all like to see a different outcome. But, you know, unfortunately, you got to fight through that. I don't sense that there's a lack of messaging anywhere. Like, I feel like Mike and you feel very good about what's happening behind the scenes in that clubhouse. I guess what I'm saying is that you feel very confident about the group that you have, and in particular, your coaching staff that is delivering the message to these players. Yeah, of course I believe in them. And, you know, like, it's sort of ironic, right? Because, you know, this coaching staff's been together a while now. They they know each other. They trust each other. And like anything, you're always having to, to revamp your message, um, make sure that you're reaching your players and, and players also have to understand that, you know, they can ask questions that they can challenge themselves and, and challenge the coaches. So, you know, I think it's where we are right now. We're, we're, we're searching, we're, we're trying to find that, that, that next answer. Um, but, you know, candidly, I don't think we need to overthink that too much because a lot of why we are where we are is just physically we've been beat up. And when you think about the amount of roster moves we've had to make, you know, it, it's hard to be so deep in your, in your minor league system that you you can withstand losing your, your ACE or um, your center fielder. It's just these things, uh, whether you want to admit it or not, can, can really dampen your spirits over time. And, and so my point is over the last three weeks, we've, we've had to deal with a lot of uh, uncertainty, a lot of adjustments, and, you know, clearly we're not making them to the, to the point where we're having success or where we're back to winning, but these challenges are in front of us and, and we have to find a way to meet them. I was listening to a national radio show coming in and I heard uh, the host uh, was asked about the Padres offense being down. I kind of chuckled because, yeah, well, I mean, the Padres have a pretty explosive team, but they, their offense had been down and the Cardinals, we talked about their offense and we've talked about uh, a lot of different teams have had ups and downs with their offense. And the answer that this uh, co-host said was, well, then they should just go trade for so-and-so. It's it's not as easy as it sounds to just go make a trade. <laughs> it's uh, How do you read the market right now as we stand on June 20th with a lot of teams in an interesting position? It seems like there are a lot of teams very much in this race, including four in your own division. Well, of course. Um, the way baseball set up now is you're, you're hopeful that there's 20 teams competing for playoff spots. And then there's somewhere between five and 10 that are looking to, to either maybe drop payroll, get younger, 
find prospects. So there's always that interesting dynamic. But when you think about the push-pull, the, the trading deadline is, is, is always a seller's market. It is, it is where you want to be if you're at a point where you know you're not competing because you're going to get a premium for your return. And so you got to be thoughtful about that. And, you know, as I said earlier, baseball's a tricky game because even if you trade for one person, it doesn't necessarily change your trajectory. Um, and, and for us, I mean, we're paying attention to the trade market, but I don't feel like uh, at this moment there's anything that's really loosening or softening at this, at, to, to talk about the market. Uh, you mentioned, um, of course, uh, well, we always talk about pitching, and I think that you know you look at your rotation right now. You got two really good ones going today in Wayno and KK. Uh, Carlos had a tough one on Friday. He had a good start before that. Oviedo's been. I mean, you know, I've been kind of the the captain of uh, Team Oviedo away from the club a little bit. I, I've I've felt good about him all the way through. But your rotation. I mean, you kind of knew going into the season you're not going to have Hudson. Michaelis was a question. Um, where do you see it right now? And I guess include those two, if you would, not that they're going to be starting for you anytime soon, but uh, where do you see the depth rotation-wise internally? If you're looking for an internal option, how do you feel about that right now? Well, I think our, internally we're, we're not in a great spot because when you look below, I'd say Limitor is probably our, our closest, but you know he's he's really just pitching his first full season at a high level in his career. And, and so having to be careful on how we manage that is, is something that's important. You know, clearly um, when you look internally with, with the loss of like a Hudson, we, which we knew obviously coming off of Tommy John, we knew he was not likely going to contribute this year. I would say Michaelis was a bit of a surprise. Um, you know, everything we had heard felt like he was going to be in the right direction and, and someone that we could count on. So, you know, that's obviously a loss. And then just some of the in, inconsistencies in our performance has been, you know, something that might have been arguably unexpected. So, you know, cl- clearly uh, making sure we have guys that can eat innings is important. Uh, that's why you go out and get somebody like a, a Wade LeBlanc who, you know, can throw strikes and historically has been able to, um, at least eat innings. And when you look at sort of the makeup of our club and until we get back to where that rotation is you know, giving you those quality starts, it's, it's going to put a lot more pressure on our pitching. LeBlanc's been a really nice addition. Uh, and Mike Schultz spoke glowingly of him and what he's been able to do so far. I guess finally an update, if you would, and I know you continue to do this for us. Uh, Harrison Bader seems like a pretty big piece that you could use. Uh, how is he coming along, John? Uh, he's he's taking step steps forward. He'll uh, go down to Jupiter so he can get more baseball activity when the team's on the road. And you know, if all goes well, hopefully he'll be uh, assigned to a true true rehab where he's playing in baseball games um, in the near future. I think we'll just see how the first few days down in Jupiter go before we put that timeline out there. And then you know, Justin Williams, what, what's the story with him? So uh, Justin was uh, uh, recalled from his rehab and then optioned to Memphis. So right now, just given some of the uncertainty at the big leagues, just want him getting every day at bats and then uh, probably decide based on performance what that next step looks like. Gotcha. And then just overall, your 
minor league system is humming along. That has to be good. I mean, that's something that you did not have last year. At least you're able to evaluate. We uh, seem like we're going to be talking about Nolan Gorman quite a bit, but that was a, a fun little run that he had and continues to to provide some good things for you. But just overall, you feel good about uh, where your minor league system is. You did mention to me last show, it was a great point that you have a great handful of elite prospects, and then you kind of – there is a gap there and then some really nice single-A prospects. But overall, you feel pretty good about where you are there and how things are progressing? You know, obviously, you like to see success. Um, you know, clearly, we're taking our lumps, even at the minor league level. But part of that's because I think we're like the third youngest farm system in baseball. Mm-hmm. And so that that actually is a pretty good takeaway that we're still able to compete. Um, you know, I think the most important thing you got to remember about the minor leagues this year is that you're playing. And so last year was a lost year for many baseball players. And so just getting them out there, having them compete six days a week is, is exciting. And, and so I, I would say like all of us feel good about that. Um, clearly you'd like to see more wins and, and, and a little bit more success down there, but we understand that, you know, we're pushing people, to, to higher levels than maybe that we normally would have. But um, look, it's it's people are playing baseball in post-pandemic, and that's good for us. Certainly. And we always appreciate the overview of the organization, John. Uh, John Mosellock is with us every Sunday, uh, schedule permitting. Have an awesome Father's Day, Mo, and thank you for the time. You bet, Tommy. Be well. Be well. We'll take a quick time out. Dan Reardon from our KMOX staff on the U.S. Open right after this. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We get to spend our final five minutes with Dan Reardon who covers the U.S. Open and covers major championship golf for KMOX Radio. How are you, Dan? I'm doing fine, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. I would think that this week is really a big week in the merchandise industry for golf because of Father's Day. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, this is like the kickoff to summer and golf and everything else. Golf is huge right now, no doubt about it. How, what's the um, What's the overall vibe of the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. How are things going there? You have a three-way tie for the lead, but I believe, and you love storylines, you got some big names lurking to make this a very interesting afternoon and evening for the dads. First of all, Tom, uh, just a, a little bit of a preview of how this round will play. I checked it out. There are seven front hole locations on the golf course, which are always the most difficult at Torrey Pines. And the course has been lengthened from yesterday. So the USJ is setting the course up hard, and we see that out of the, thir- the early groups. Out of roughly 30 players on the course, only four of them are in red numbers. So we know it's going to be a tight finish. In terms of the big names, you know, it's not just big names. It's big games that we're looking at. If, if you go by Hughes, Ustazen, and, and Russell, who are all at five under and, and at the top of the leaderboard, the next six names on that board are all bombers. You go with McElroy, DeChambeau, Scheffler, Rahm, Wolf, and Dustin Johnson. Mm. If length is going to win a U.S. Open, it's going to come from that group of six. 
Yeah, it's big. Morikawa's also one under, but you mentioned them. And I thought Wolf played really well. I was watching him yesterday. DJ got back into contention. Rom coming off of COVID-19 at two under. You mentioned Scheffler. Uh, DeChambeau always seems to be the tantalizing name to watch. Because of his length, he can move up pretty quickly. It should get interesting there. And yesterday he played for the first time ever in his professional career. He played a bogey-free round in, in a major. And if he can go at the golf course as aggressively as he is going through the golf course and not, not take backward steps, and everybody has taken backward steps, you know, this is a par bogey golf course. This is not a par birdie golf course. But if DeChambeau can play at that kind of level, and I sort of doubt that he can do that two days in a row, but if he can, he would be the, uh, he would be the choice to pick down the stretch. And then McElroy, they were making the comment on the telecast yesterday. Can he recapture some of that youth, you know, that the fun, uh, laughter, and, and enjoyment? He had some big shots yesterday. You saw a smile out of Rory. And, and the thing they point out about Rory is he's always shot himself in the foot on the first two days of majors. It's not the weekend. In fact, I think if you go back like five or six years, his weekend scoring average is the same as Brooks Kepka or slightly better than that. And we know that Kepka in that time period has won four, uh, four majors. So Rory is better positioned today than he typically would be. You know, he's only two shots off the lead, coming off a really good final nine in a good place. First ever Father's Day for him. I mean, there's a lot of good things. That's why I said this, this would be an entertaining day because there's so many good possibilities. And, and we're not discounting Louis Oosthuizen, who 11 years ago won the Open Championship and has had five runner-up finishes, including the PGA at Kiowa Island. And this is a guy that has never won in the United States. You know, I mean, it, it's so bizarre that Oosthuizen has had the career he's had and never won in this country. So, like I said, you can pick him, Tom. But I think the one thing we can count on, this is going to be a very tight contested leaderboard and it's going to come down to the 18th hole at par five and the whole location there is front right which is a very dangerous hole location for players who want to go for that green and two i think it's going to be a very entertaining uh, uh, 18 holes today i do as well tory pines in san diego we're going to keep an eye on it dan reardon much appreciated love having you on as always and we love your reports throughout the weekend as well and we'll hear from you tomorrow morning on total information am with your wrap-up of the u.s open thanks for joining us Enjoyed it, Tom. Always great to catch up with him. The U.S. Open at Torrey Pines in San Diego. Again, your leaders, Hughes, Ustazen, and Henley, right behind him, two shots back. McElroy and DeChambeau, both at three under. The leaders at five under. And then a three-way tie for two under, Scheffler, Rahm, and Wolf. With DJ at one under, along with Morikawa, Xander Shoffley shouldn't be ignored either. Uh, he's also at one under for the championship. This is going to be fun. The U.S. Open. I hope the Cardinals games are fun for you. A doubleheader, 110 for the first game, 608 for the second game. I thought that both Mike Schilt and John Mozeliak were very good today being open about the fact that there is urgency, but also an understanding that there is still a lot of baseball to go. I don't know that anybody's panicking, but that said, that should not be perceived as a lack of effort or urgency. That is definitely on the table for the Cardinals. They want and need to be better. Thanks to James O'Sullivan, I'm Tom Ackerman, Sports on a Sunday Morning. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.